You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good morning, Joe. Great to be chatting with you again today. How are you doing? And you, Richard. I am well. And I have to tell you that I have done a tour of dog parks. Oh, great. Um, yeah, it's it's not the most exciting place to go. I'm going to be honest. I get pretty bored pretty quickly. But I, um, <laughs> as I said in the last po- podcast, I went to Queensland and I drove. So I took the dog with me. And, yep. I th- well, part of the long drives, I need to get him out and let him have a run. And so I stopped at, do- at four different dog parks up and back to each way. And I just wanted to do a bit of a review on dog parks for anyone who's curious. There you are. Yeah. Can you give us a, just a, a definition of a dog park? Like what makes a dog park as opposed to, to a patch of grass? Yeah. Um, okay. So a dog park is a place where dogs can be off leash. Um, generally, there's a water bowl, like a specific water bowl. And sometimes there are fencing. There's full fencing. Sometimes there's not. And as I later there can even be features to dog parks so oh okay i arrived at yeah i i went to musselbrook dog park and it has an agility area so apparently there's this whole agility thing where they go through they jump over and they go side to side and they go through chip tunnels and they go over tunnels and they go along a bridgey thing um ted didn't want any bar of that he was just interested <laughs> in sniffing around and yep. and and my review of the musselbrook dog park was way too much dog poo. There was dog poo everywhere. I was like, this is gross. <laughs> I've got to be gingerly walking wherever I go. And there was no one there to play with. So it was quite boring. <laughs> yep. okay. um, uh, the next dog park is Dolby Dog Park, which is in Queensland. Um, and it was basically classic out in the country. One big bit of grass. And that was, that's what they had to offer, a fence. And I got, I got chatting to a lovely lady who's moving to New South Wales after living in Dolby for a number of years and she's looking forward to moving south. Um, her dogs didn't play very nicely with my dog, but that's mm. fine. Uh, but nothing much to offer there other than there was not even a water bowl. <laughs> anyway, wow, I'm getting to basic. The, it, it, this is pretty exciting stuff, I can tell. Um, then I went to uh, a dog park in Coffs Harbour. Mm-hmm. Now, this was next level. It was oh, just, wow. there was a fence, but then it just went into the bush. So if your dog does not come back, <laughs> don't go to this dog park. <laughs> yeah. My dog went, he went off and I was like, wait, is it going to come back? <laughs> anyway, but it was really nice. I saw this retiree couple and we had a chat and it was actually quite relaxing for the dog owner, but for the dog. So I was like, oh, you could lose your dog here. Um, but luckily. Yeah. And then I've even, the last one was so unremarkable. I've forgotten where it was. Um, <laughs> but the lesson I have learned um, when it comes to dog parks is, I've just got to be up for chatting to whoever's there. That's the yeah. that's the charm of it. And if all else fails, just learn the name of their dog and say, "Oh, good dog, like good rocket," and you'll be yeah. Fine. Yeah, there you oh, are. That's great. This it's a very sounds like a social environment, um, more yeah. social than a than a uh, a uh, rest stop Playground. or the toilet. Yeah, a rest stop. Yeah, that's right. And it's funny because I'm not actually a wildly social person, really, when it comes down to it. I'm happy to just sort of be quiet. Um, but I, I've been really thankful for the particular dog. I took my dog to the dog park this morning and I've just been trying to meet different people and talk about Jesus with them if I can, but just be a friend. 
And it's been such a joy. I've got this group that we're, I'm I'm trying to join this group of people who are there basically the same time most mornings. Um, Yeah. And I know all the dogs' names, not the kitten (laughs) names yet. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm cracking in. I'm going to get there. Oh, that's great, Joe. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so there you are, dog parks. If you want to talk about dog park with me, if you've got a strong recommendation, feel free. Yeah. I realized I'd changed when I was thinking about long service leave in the future, which is long in the future. And I was like, I wonder where there's a good dog park near there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I've changed. You've changed. Yeah. Other properties coming in now. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, mate? Surely more exciting things have been happening. Oh, I don't know about that. I, well, I'm finding it exciting. I've been sucked into a, into the, the whirlpool of um following Ange Postacoglu, the new coach of Tottenham Hotspur in the English Premier League. Okay. Joe, does any of that sentence make sense to you? Uh, not the Ange Postacoglu or the following bit, but yes, the rest of it, I, <laughs> I, I know what the English Premier League is. I know what Tottenham Hotspur is. Oh, I'll keep this very Tell brief, but um, uh, Ange Postacoglu is a Greek-Australian guy, an Aussie guy with a, with a Greek name, um, who's taken over one of the biggest clubs in the English Premier League, or at least, you know, in the top Ooh. six out of 20. Um not that they did that well last year, but um, that's a very big thing to have an Australian coach come yeah. in there. And um, he's actually uh, he's a man I've, I've grown to admire. Um, there's something about his qualities of being um, caring for the players, um, protecting the players, being a shield between them and the media, encouraging them even if they get you know dropped from the team or moved around. Um, and... Uh, the Tottenham Hotspurs is, is, is the team I kind of enjoy following, partly because of another player, um, Son Heung-min, there. Um, so to have my a team that I like and a coach that I like come together, um, but I have been sucked down the whirlpool and f- have found myself like watching press conferences in real time or <laughs> my in Facebook feed. <laughs> my Facebook feed has been has been clogged up with um, yeah dubious articles about. Um, that what's going on there. And so um, I've got mixed feelings about it. It's it's really not important, but partly for that reason, it's a good break from things yeah. in my life because yeah. I can go to something that's interesting, but not important. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing there's potential qualities there that I like um, yeah. that are admirable. Okay. Um, not yeah. that he's a, a Christian man or anything, I, 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 as far as I know, but uh, yeah, he's got that, got that kind of some leadership qualities that I admire. So yeah. Um, cool. I've been sucked, sucked into the whirlpool there, Joe. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> so here's the really important question we need to follow up. As a soccer coach yourself, can yeah. you identify with Ange and are you going to be like him in any particular way? Well, yeah, that's a good question, Joe. Um, <laughs> I think I've I've worked the boys a bit harder in training lately. So, Ooh. yeah, he's known for you know pretty, pretty hard training sessions. Yeah. Um, and I've decided to care about them more as people. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's really positive. <laughs> I would take that as positive that. things. Yeah. Yes. So, um, uh, yeah, adopting some of those things in. But, uh, oh. yeah, that's been good. But, um, you know, as I said, just soccer, not very important. Yes. But what is important right. is the word of God, Joe. What is oh. uh, what have you been reading? I agree. It is important. I've been reading Exodus 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've been reading Exodus for a little while for a ministry project I've been working on, but uh, I just couldn't help but keep going. And yeah. so um, Exodus 16 is, of course, manna in the quail. So the Israelites are, have fled Egypt and um, they're wondering what to eat and drink. And uh, the, the thing that jumped out at me was something that I had highlighted in the past, obviously to myself in a moment of really trying to notice something. Um, but 
in reading it again, I, it just really got me thinking about the relationship between humans and God. So in yeah. verse 10, it says, um, while our Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. And then the Lord speaks to Moses and says, I've heard the Israelites tell them um, that I'm going to provide what they need, essentially. And at the end of that sentence, it says, then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. Yeah. And I was thinking, what an amazing thing to see the glory of the Lord, like that, that he appears to them, that he reveals himself to them. And I, I just kind of sat there for a minute and thought about that. And it was a really nice thought. And then, because it's just so merciful that God lets us know him. And then I thought about how we see the glory of God in, in Jesus and, mm. and, and how when we read the New Testament, uh, more and more of God's glory is revealed in Jesus and that that's happening through the Holy Spirit, you know, illumining our hearts and minds as we read the text. Um, and then in heaven, we will, we will see his glory. We'll be, we'll be like, glory, mm. glory, you know, mm. we'll praise the Lord all the time. And yeah. um, anyway, it just was a happy, a happy, happy thought. And I thought being a Christian is the best. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's where I got uh, it. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've, uh, I, I remember, know the story of the manner and the quail, but I don't, I think I'd missed, or I'd forgotten that um, little verse there about the, the glory of the Lord appearing. So um, yeah. that's, I, um, I wonder what that would have, uh, I'm guessing bright, brightness. Yeah. Or, or is brightness it? Brightness or, or even dark clouds and yeah. a sense of presence there. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, his voice, he, he's obviously speaking to Moses um, and not the crowd. It doesn't seem that he's speaking to all of them, but I just wonder, yeah, I wonder what that would have been like. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I love the way you've picked that up in sort of, yeah, the seeing the glory of the Lord throughout the unfolding story of the Bible and mm. something as we look forward to. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting reading an Old Testament book. Sorry, I interrupted you. Were you going to say something? Oh, just that, yeah, the, the Christian faith has that deep connection with um, knowing God personally and knowing yeah. his glory. Uh, it's, there's a connection there. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, you go on. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think there's just something so nice about some, so often the Old Testament gets a bad rap, like just it's, it's hard to read or it's hard to understand or I don't know where I'm at or this is very far in brimstone or God seems like a real harsh judge. But in just that moment, I, f I was struck by God's kindness and mercy and I think little tastes of that all over the shop in the Old Testament. Mm. And so it was a really pleasurable moment in seeing who God is. And yeah. I, I don't know, I don't want to move. I, sometimes I'm tempted to think, oh, is that all I'm going to get from today? Mm. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait, is, is that enough? <laughs> yeah. you, you know yeah. God better because you've just had a moment to be like oh isn't he glorious cool <laughs> yeah no that's great now keep reading Exodus Joe yes yeah yeah it's good stuff mm. and um, you've been reading a book oh well yes I've been um, I'm leading a course on preaching at our hub sessions um, training sort of structure that we have here at church uh, which the second time I've done it and I thought oh I should maybe pick up a, a, a book on preaching just to get my head in the zone a little bit. And I didn't have any sort of immediately to hand, except I just went up to the hub bookshelf, which is our venue here, the, the bookshelf, and pulled something off that um, I don't even know it belongs to, but it's ended up in our library and it's called um, Preaching with Purpose, The Urgent Task of Homiletics by Jay Adams. 
Uh, and I don't really know much about uh, Jay Adams. He was apparently a, a professor at Westminster Theological Seminary. This book is written in the 80s, so it's it's a bit old. Um, but uh, So we'll see how it goes. But he's, it's gotten off to a lively start, I have to say, Joe. Um, in his introduction, he says, In my opinion, there has not appeared in the English language a significant textbook on preaching since John Brodus, a New Testament scholar, wrote his landmark book, um, The Preparation and Delivery of Sermons. I thought, wow. That's a claim. I think he's saying that I'm about, uh, what you've got here is the best book on preaching uh, uh, in (laughs) 25 years. So I kind of liked liked his swagger straight up. Um, Like, what are you going to bring to the table? I'm curious now. You've got my attention. (laughs) Um, And um, looking through the first few chapters, um, it's great. He's, He's really, it sounds like he's quite frustrated with the state of preaching in the USA in the 1980s. Um, so he may be justified in that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, he's taking it very seriously. And, um, as I got to the end of the chapter, what is preaching? Um, another great, uh, little sentence he's on this book. He says, my purpose is to help you become a more faithful and more effective preacher of the word so that men will not praise you for your speaking ability, but will praise only the Christ whom you preach. And I sort of said, amen, brother. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm on board. You can talk yourself up. That's fine. But I'm, 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 you've got me for another few chapters for sure. So, uh, this is my, uh, my, 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 uh, yeah, my little reading at the moment. That's great. And that, that is such a shaping sentence, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm sure you as a preacher would have people come up to you and say, oh, that was a great sermon, Richard. Mm. And, and knowing how to redirect to, well, what (laughs) is, what? To God and like draw, like wanting to hear that they're, it's great because of what they learned of God is so yeah. key, isn't it? So yeah. it's just a little reminder of, yeah, that's what you're wanting when people are praising you for your sermon. Mm. What are you wanting? It's because they know God better. Ah, oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's good. Yeah. Have you uh, read any books on preaching? Any go-tos for you, Joe? Ooh, um, Setting Hearts on Fire by John Chapman, always yeah. I found very helpful and I go back to it when I'm just sort of thinking about how to craft different things. Um, and there's another expository preaching, is it? There's one that's got a greeny beige yeah. colour. Color. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, and then there was this little book that was recommended to me once, How to Hold an Audience Without a Rope. Oh, yes. I think I read that a while ago. A Christian one, just a kind of speaking one. I found it. Um, this is all years ago, so I'm encouraged that you're opening a book. And um, as uh, we were at um, Deep Dive last week, so we get our staff team together. You and I, are keen as people who are thinking about maturity for our church and trying to encourage people to be maturing in Christ, we we of course run Deep Dive, which is for our senior staff, uh, our long term staff, and and we're wanting to do some rich thinking together. And mm. um, last week. One of our staff members, Dave Moore, our team members, uh, presented on John Stott's book. What was that called? I can't remember. I Believe in Preaching. I Believe in Preaching. Anyway, that was pretty good. I enjoyed yeah. that chat. Yeah. So many well, preaching um, books. <laughs> yeah, they tend to get written quite regularly, which is uh, is a good thing. But anyway, yeah. uh, if, uh, I'll see how I go with uh, this one, Preaching with Purpose. Hopefully I can teach the uh, people attending course. the course oh, yeah. how, to, how to preach well. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> Well, I well, think to talk uh, dog yes. parks and what, Ange Postacoglu, is that it? Yeah, well done, Ange Postacoglu. Yeah. Okay. And Stay Exodus. tuned for that. You'll, you'll hear that name, I'm sure, in the future, Joe. 
Well, I'm, I'm actually really keen now, given he's had such a positive influence on your coaching um, and uh, Exodus and preaching with purpose. And um, we were talking before we started recording the podcast that it's winter. It's that time when it's tough to, to sometimes get out the door um, at nighttime particularly, but when it's cold, we just wanted to encourage people, if you haven't been to church in the last couple of weeks, why not come on back? Come back to HBC or if you've got your local church, um, yeah, we, it's always wonderful to gather with other Christians and get into spending time in God's word and, uh, you know, of course, knowing God better. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, I look forward to chatting with you again next time, Joe. Sounds good. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.